This is the Get Fishing Podcast with me, Jimmy Willis, and today, a very special guest. He's from one of my favourite TV programmes ever. It was a BBC programme called This Country. He starred in it with his son and daughter, Charlie and Daisy May Cooper. Uh, And we're going to have a chat with him about fishing. Yes, he is an angler. Get Fishing is the Angling Trust campaign to get more people fishing. We're funded from a fishing license income from the Environment Agency and a massive thank you to our partners, Shakespeare and Angling Direct. Right, let's go straight in to Mr. Paul Cooper. We're getting up on Zoom. Hello, Paul. Hi, Jimmy. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you so much for joining us, Paul. Yeah, no worries. So, obviously, I, I, I love uh, the programme This Country. It's one of my, like, favourite programmes ever. We've got to get into that. And what you're up to these days, I see you, you're very active on Instagram with charity football mm. matches and other bits and bobs happening. Um, but... But to start with, um, how are you sort of how are you on the podcast? I saw you had liked a few posts on the Get Fishing Instagram and the Angling Trust Instagram, and I mm. thought, oh, is Paul into fishing? So, I mean, are you an angler, Paul? Yes, I, I, I do. I, 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 I dabble, and I, I've <laughs> dabbled from a young age, um, and passed the uh, the relay baton over to Charlie, who's a very good angler, although he's only been doing it. Funnily enough, he started um, the first series of um, this country and they were staying, all the crew and cast were staying in uh, um, one of the Holborn places, holiday parks, and they had a little fishing lake. So that's where it started. But he's, he's a much better angler than me, that's for sure. I saw, yeah, there were some fishing. I think it was the first series they did a bit of carp fishing, but I didn't realise that was Charlie's introduction into angling. Yeah, he he just kind of started then. It was just before the filming, and then he then he really got into it later on. Yeah, so that was all uh, filmed at South Cerny Lakes. Yeah. South Cerny, yeah. I used to uh, hang around that way myself. I mean, I actually grew up here, the, the other side of Swindon to you guys, uh, a little village called Oldbourne over by Marlborough. Um, So, yeah, I'm not a million miles away. I was married at Oldbourne Church. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. Oh, but that's that's my home village. Ah, and for, well, yes, my in-laws lived in Baden. Did they? And funnily enough, my brother, Trevor, who plays Len, was doing uh was in Oldbourne at the weekend they were doing a um doctor who convention they were that's right i've seen it all over facebook i mean i've moved to sussex my partner's from sussex so i live down sort of little hampton down by the coast now right. uh, but all my family still live in Oldbourne, and um yeah isn't that mad i didn't yeah yeah, yeah. I... Mar- married there 1983 and then in doctor who i think it was john pertwee yeah uh, they blew it up didn't they they blew yeah. the church up well, he used to, when I was at primary school, he used to turn up to our school every year in an assembly with the cape and everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, <laughs> well, I didn't think much of it as a kid. I thought it was all normal, but um, yeah. it certainly wasn't. <laughs> um, the, I mean, I think um, this country, when I watched it, me and my missus were watching it, 
And I had such a connection to it because it is so similar. There's so many things that are identical to my childhood, even like the houses and stuff, like they all look similar. The weird things that happen, for example, the I think it was in episode one of the Scarecrow competition. And I was telling my, my missus, I said, oh, we used to have one of them. And she said, no, you didn't. This, that, that is all made up. I said, no, all these all the way through the year, there were bizarre events. And it was kind of a big thing, wasn't it, in these villages? And still is. Mm, no, definitely, yeah. I mean, most of the characters are based on people living in Sirencester. Um, yeah. You know, although that's a bigger place. Uh, but... And some of them, they don't haven't even changed the name. I mean, I live up on an estate here, and um, Mandy, uh, complete with dog and tutu and tattoos, lives on this estate. Yeah, and was based on her, and she knows it. So <laughs> after the first series, we had a question and answer thing at um, uh, at the local cornhall, and right at the beginning, she stands up, turns around, and goes. I'm the real Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how wonderful. But yeah, no, it is. It's just brilliant. I mean, in our village, this was, um, I, I was, people don't believe this, but it's true. We had a thing at the fate, and it was how on the village green in Oldbourne, as you would know, Paul, as you were married there, yeah, yeah. they had, um, how far can you throw an egg without it breaking? <laughs> and, um, there was a guy called Pete Keen, and he was throwing it further than the length of the green without it breaking. So everyone was wow. on the phone to the local farmer, William Brown, and we all had to we all marched down to a field because we needed more space and we were all following him down the road. And he actually beat the he's got the Guinness World Record for throwing an egg without it breaking. And it even about a few years later appeared as a question on 15 to 1 with Anne Whitcomb. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but all this stuff happened in these videos. Yeah, it's so yeah. wonderful. <laughs> um, so you used to fish as as a child, Paul. Yeah, very challenging. Uh I was brought up in North Devon. Um so uh and I lived um a couple of hundred yards from the estuary, the Torridge, uh, which was a big old river. And so I used to go there with my mate trying to catch stuff in the estuary with the tide roaring yeah. through we used to go every kind of weekend um and the only thing i ever caught was crabs <laughs> uh, uh, so i did that so you think you know if i keep on doing it and never caught a thing and then we went on a uh i think it was in the 70s we went on a um maybe late 60s on a yeah 68 we went on a family holiday on the thames and suddenly I caught my first fish. You know, there were you couldn't help, you know, it was small fry, but you know, that and that really kind of cemented it. So what was know, the fish? Do you remember? Or a bleak, I think, or oh. you know, or a dace, you know. <laughs> but I mean, that was just <laughs> hyperventilating after fishing for years in an estuary without it. So, you know. You're not going to catch much there. It's going to be a hell of a difficult fish, you know, fishing. Yeah, estuaries are challenging. I do fish them. In the winter, you get flounders. In the summer, the mullet come up. But it's all quite specialised sort of stuff, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah, for the but... beginner. No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. <laughs>
I mean, we run, I, I, I guess you're sort of aware of the Angling Trust Get Fishing campaign, but we, we do have events on rivers, lakes, and all sorts of different canals, but we have loads of events on nice little commercial lakes, and kids turn up, and in half an hour, they can catch several fish. Um, most of our events are free, or if not very low costs, and you get instructor bait equipment, because these are all challenges of getting yeah. into angling aren't that as you know paul it's quite hard going out on your own isn't it with no information yeah definitely um um you know and i've seen what they do at you know the south cerny lakes they have their kind of introduction days and yeah stuff. Uh, and i 10 years ago i was working in a, a local school um deer park school here in sirencester where my kids went to school and um i used fishing uh it i think it was the best thing I worked in the inclusion center, which was um, so for the kids with uh, you know behavior issues. So that's where we they had isolation and also social and emotional you know stuff. And I was given a bit of a free reign, you know, as to try and engage kids that just weren't engaging with work. So um, I wrote various programs. One was a football one, which was good. That that was good. We did a dance one. Uh, but it was fishing, really, that that hooked oh, hooked a lot of the kids, um, and especially kind of some of the kids with kind of like ADHD and stuff. And so started a fishing club. Uh, so um, and at the time, ang I'm not sure if they're still going ang angling projects. Uh, Les, I'm unsure. Uh, yeah, um, at angling projects. And they said they had gear. So we, we got three grand's worth of gear from them. So I went down there to, to where they were and filled the, the school minibus up, took it back. And we used to go on a Monday after school uh, and we'd fill the minibus up. And um, so kids that I would, was chasing around classrooms under and over tables, you know, sat there and would stare at a float for a couple of hours without you know with, without a murmur uh, and they were really really successful and i always remember and, and then in the winter time we you know we got people come in and uh, you know local anglers and stuff talking about fishing and you know how to do rigs and stuff like that and i i remember one of the boys uh jamie uh and he's he's still a very big fisherman and um he said, I, "I don't need, I don't need school. I'm gonna, I want to be a professional carp angler. I, um, I don't need it." So I said, "Okay, great. Show me your fishing diary." He said, "Well, what do you mean?" I said, "Well, if you're going to be the top, you need a fishing diary with, you know, what the weather was like, the, you know, the water temperature, what bait you used, um, you know, what fish were feeding, and blah 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 blah." I said, "All right, okay, English," and and then went through all the subjects. So I got a picture of him with his he'd caught a carp and I put all around there that the why he needed um you know and he said well I don't need our re you know religious education I said yes you do because we learn about ethics there and you know there are there are people that would want to ban fishing so you've got to have a good argument you know if you're going to be part of that so in the end every single kind of subject and he went away and he came, he'd never get anything out of this boy. <laughs> the next day he came back with a 17 page, <laughs> 17 page A4 um, documents about why he fished and what he does with fishing.
that's um i mean it's just i mean i see on a daily basis with the work we do what exactly what you said just a complete change around in in people and and because i was probably wow well, I, I was lost at school I, I, I didn't really understand what was going on and i was just i didn't really I, I, I was just all over the place but fishing helped me and still does to this very day i don't really know what i would do it's the only thing that calms me down and even when i'm not fishing i'm working out what to do, thinking about it, you know, and it's it, it just helps me on a daily basis. And it's so important to me. And we've now seen it with thousands of other people, but it, there are so many wonderful stories like, like that, Paul. And um, yeah, it, it can be a wonderful thing. Yeah, and I, I and I get the teachers to come down, you know, some of the teachers that they, you know, had, you know, where the kids had issues with and they weren't, the relationship wasn't very good. So I got them to come down and get the kids to teach them how to fish. And that was brilliant, you know. <laughs> and I think, I think, you know, that they, they saw each other very differently then, you know. And, yeah. Um, it was brilliant project. We went away for um, um, three or four nights. Um, Angling Projects had a, a, a place, you know, a, a fishery with, with accommodation on, and we stayed there for about three or four days and just fished. Uh, we had a brilliant time. You know, the kids really loved it. So um, are you going out with Charlie more recently? And this, what, this year, have you been out fishing? No, this year has been literally a complete blank. And with Charlie, which is uh, uh, unusual, um, you know, because that's his kind of release. But he's had a baby. Oh, and, that's... Uh... <laughs> um, yeah, and he's got, there's another, they've got another one on, on the way at the end of the year. But the last fishing we would do, we we always, if we're on holiday, we always do a bit of sea fishing. Mm. Um, I just love sea because you never quite know what you're going to get. It's that it brought, took me back to that, you know, as a kid, you know, fishing on the estuary. What are we going to get? That kind of kept me going. And the other thing was we were members of um, Summerford Angling uh, Fishing Club, which is a small, and that's... Um, the Upper Avon, uh, kind of a, a, a stretch of that, which we loved. Uh, particularly, we'd go kind of winter, kind of long trotting for, you know, chub and roach, you know, bread with with um, center pin reels and, you know, bread flake. And we'd just go, go up and down. Absolutely love that. Uh, but haven't been for, yeah, a year and a half there uh so we were members for a year and fished that quite a lot yeah that was really enjoyable fantastic um so what with i suppose the question going back to this country is it is it will is there going to be any specials is there any more is, is that it um it's i don't think there'll ever be another series the kids are kind of moved on you know daisy's um had her series am i being unreasonable and and they're writing the second series at present and she was just finished a thing called rain dogs which has been uh hbo which is very successful uh charlie's uh, uh written a film uh which has is he been, yeah historic film um comedy um and he said it's you know a hundred times more difficult than doing a series <laughs> very difficult yeah so he's he's writing that's being commissioned that I, I would imagine that they'd start filming sometime next year so he's been really busy you know very very little time uh and unfortunately but there again the kids will grow up with i've got three grandchildren now one on the way so 
in a few years, we'll be taking them fishing. So it kind of comes back round, you know. It does. It's kind of circle, you know, as my fishing did. You know, I used to take the kids, um, you know, to South Cerny and, and then they grew up, started to do their own thing. And then they they kind of, well, Charlie got back into fishing and uh, and so on and so forth. So, it, it, yeah, we have spells of actually fanatical <laughs> fishing and then kind of a year or two, we, we don't do any unless we're on holiday. Yeah. I mean, Daisy is on my TV all the time. On my Sky Home thing, it has suggested programs. And in the last year, she's there's always seems to be a new one all the time. It's just continuous. I mean, she's absolutely nailing it, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, she's on everything. Um, <laughs> uh, and she does, you know, she does stuff like, uh, well, what's that? Um, uh, Never mind uh, the Buzzcocks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and she, I think she's doing another one at present, filming at present, similar type thing. So, yeah, she's always busy. Yeah, coining it in. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be looking after you, though, Paul, will she? <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, with um, this country, obviously you starred as their dad in, in the actual programme. Mm. Um, have you done, did you have a lot of acting experience before that? No, none at all. Um, and no, nor did Charlie. You know, Daisy from a young age, um, from about two, you could just see she was going to, you know, be on the stage. So she did, you know, she had one-to-one training from a fairly young age. Uh, she um, went to uh, what were they called stagecoach in Cheltenham as well, who were kind of an you know acting group, and then went into RADA and stuff, you know. So she's done the whole thing. Charlie and myself have done nothing. Probably <laughs> the last thing I would ever think that Charlie would do. Talk about chalk and cheese. So yeah, the last time I acted was as a four-year-old in the uh, school in the school play with Trevor, and my brother was in it. Who's you know Trevor, who plays Len. He's three years older, so he was a soldier, and I was a, a dicky bird in a woodland scene. So I came on, um, and you had to kind of Snow White was putting, you know, throwing crumbs around, and you had to kind of peck the floor so I came on with a beak over my slightly over there just said I want to be a soldier I want to be a soldier and got hooked off so that was my only acting up, up until then so when so you I, turned yeah. up when you turned up onto set then for the first day's filming like you had you hadn't done anything before no that's remarkable yeah and Charlie uh Scarecrow Festival was the first acting he'd ever done as well that's even more remarkable because I just presumed that he had done, you know, gone through the RADA thing and was oh, some sort no, of trained no. actor. He didn't even do it. it. He didn't have it as a choice either at school. <laughs> Never done it. And <laughs> it was only because he was, um, and it was Daisy's thing, but he got more and more into it and was just started off just typing stuff out for her and then started to contribute. So it was it became 50-50 in the terms of writing it. And they said, well, who are we going to play that part? And they said, well, Charlie, you you know the character inside out. Why don't you do it? You know, so we tried and it just, yeah. But he's he's good at everything he does, like the fishing. Yeah. You know, with within four years of starting fishing, he was he was catching, you know, he caught a 15-pound barbel out the Thames. You know, Did he that, really? <laughs> yeah. That was in angling mail at all sorts. Yeah, I mean, he's... You know he's he's he he he's just good at everything he does. 
You could be fishing the Thames for 40 years and not catch a 50 pound barbel. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's unbelievable. Mad. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that, I mean, that, that, that's a remarkable story. I, I just had absolutely no, no idea. And it's fascinating to uh, just to hear about it. Yeah. I think it was in the angling, angling, angling mail. Definitely. Yeah. Now, on your Instagram, Paul, it is at Paul57Cooper. Uh, if you're not following it, you, you've got to get over there because there's always uh, something going on. Um, lots of sort of charity football matches. I've seen quite a lot about that recently. Yeah, um, I'm a non-paid director of a, a, a children's football charity called the Children's Football Alliance. Um, we've been going for 13 years now. We only have one full-time person, uh, one paid employee. And what we do, um, the main thing we do is that we twin football pitches around the world with the Flanders Peace Pitch, which is a pitch in Mazines, Belgium, which is by the site of the Christmas truce 1914 and one of the games, you know, football played between the Allies uh, and the Germans. So, um, and we've now got 65 pitches in five continents and children from those pitches then can can come over we, we we have a week we have the global peace games um where we do a variety of these things they play kind of um football but it's kind of jumpers for goalposts type stuff touch rugby quick cricket games that would be played uh, in the uk during first world war they do war walks we do cycle cycle rides we go to museums uh you know first world war museums we visit time cop which is uh, 25,000 graves, and they do a, an art graffiti workshop, drumming workshop. So we have all these kids. Last time we had 80 children from 20 countries, many refugee kids based in Belgium. Uh, we had nine kids from uh, the slums in Nagpur, uh, Indian kids who'd never been out of the slums. Really? And they're suddenly in Belgium, you know, with, <laughs> with all these different, you know, and they were... But A, the happiest kids I'd ever met. You know, they live under polythene the rest of the time. Um, and it's amazing. We, we, we've we got a pitch uh, next year in Hiroshima. Um, you know, we have a pitch on the Indian-Pakistan uh, border, some real kind of war-torn, you know, type, type stuff. And, and my colleagues just come back from uh, Delhi, from India and Japan. Uh, so we, we um, opened up the... Delhi piece pitch and two and a half thousand kids turned up. Um, and so it's like 1,000 kids each side. <laughs> and then, and um, we've been, uh, uh, and my colleague visited a, a, a chap who, who we had our first Japanese piece pitch. And he has devised um, his company, a robot that clears masses, uh, you know, big uh, mine, you know, minefields. And uh, they want to put peace pitches for the local kids in these on these minefields. So that's across Vietnam, Cambodia, Angola. So it it is amazing. It is and meeting all these kids, you know, from from these peace pitches, quite extraordinary. But we do it on an absolute, you know. So everything's paid for, you know. Yeah. We do it on an absolute shoestring. So we, you know, we do various events, um, you know, to to try and raise money. 
So if you're watching this um, on YouTube, I'll leave all the links in the description so you can find out. I'll put them all in for you, Paul, because it just sounded absolutely remarkable. I yeah. didn't actually know much about any of this. So um, yeah, yeah. it's a big thing. And so you do like this country kind of football team, like you and Charlie, is it? Yeah, I think this time we've got, um, yeah, Charlie was plays. I'm usually in goal. and I'm 66 now. I'm an old age pensioner <laughs> with three stents in my heart after a heart attack eight years. Why I'm playing football, I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, my, my mucker, Dan Greaves, who, you know, plays my oppo. He's playing Jimmy Walker. Yeah. Um, Matt Bainton, Matthew Bainton from Ghosts. and Oh, yes. Gavin and Stacey and, yeah. and other things. He's actually a relative. Um, really? So my, yeah, my mo- grandmother was a, sorry, my mother was a Bainton. So, you know, that we're all um, connected. So the comedy must must be <laughs> somewhere in the genes there. Uh, 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 who else have we got? We've got, um, uh, oh, yeah, we got, we actually got a footballer, Jermaine Pennant. You know, really? England? Yeah. He played, yeah, he yeah, played yeah. some, blimey. Absolutely. So he keeps it together. We've got a couple of we we usually have two or three people who've never kicked a ball before, so that was, uh, and we've got Joe Sims, uh, Bristol based, who was in uh, Doctor Who, funny enough, yeah, and um, Broadchurch. He, he had a major part in Broadchurch. Great guy, yeah. We do all sorts. We've cycled from Kent to Belgium. Charlie always joins in. We we had we had a great football match back um, back a while back, which was. Um, we played uh, the first half on one of our um, piece pitches uh, in North London, which Arsenal Foundations, we played against them at eight o'clock kickoff in the morning, jumped on Eurostar and played the second half against uh, Club Bruges, who, who another piece pitch, their um, special needs team on the Flanders piece pitch. So that was a great weekend. Um, and there's a little fishing connection there because I've been, I've been looking at um you know so, some soldiers used to go away and and you know to relax to fish yeah in the first world war and there is actually um and we take the kids here um there is the peace pool which is basically the biggest crater ever um you know for a bomb so what happened was during the first world war the um you you'd have miners who would mine under uh, the trenches. And we there was Welsh miners that were mining under this um, uh, German trenches. And the whole network of, 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 mine, uh, of, of, of tunnels that they put explosive in and they all went off at the same time. So this huge explosion under the German lines, hundreds were killed and you could hear the blast in London, apparently. So now that's full of water. And I went there last time and I could, there was, there's definitely carp in there. <laughs> so I don't know whether people are allowed to fish. I want to add that to part of the, you know, the kids global peace games, come and fish in the biggest bomb crater that, that there's ever been, you know, I mean, uh, so yeah, I just saw that the last time, you know, I saw presence of carp. So uh, I don't know whether we can fish it or not, but, yeah. We shall look into that one, Paul. Mm, yeah. um, the peace pool. Let me see. 
<laughs> I mean, it's been wonderful just having you on, Paul. Absolutely, just you're doing some remarkable stuff. I'm going to have a look at my diary actually and see if I'm about for this football match. I might be able to come and watch it. Bring my mum along because I need to get back to that part of the world a lot more. Mm. Um, there's also there's um, this country night in Oxford in a bar as well. I see. There's, there's yeah. a lot of this country stuff still happening. There's a lot of love for it still, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we're still on I iPlayer, so new people are coming to it all the time. But the thing, I think the thing is, people, it's one of those programs that you can watch time and time again. And so many people have said it's helped me them through lockdown or with their mental health at times. And they just put it on and it's a bit of relief and they have a laugh. So um, you know, I I think I think it's I think it's helped a lot of people to be perfect. People have said, Oh God, it saved my life, you know. Yeah. It, it just makes me laugh and I can just kind of, you know, it, it brings everything back. And as you say, every village and town is like that, you know, and then you start <laughs> you start picking out the characters in your own village who are the same as Mandy or Martin. I mean, every place has got a Martin and, you know, you struts around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time, Paul. And, uh, and I, I can't believe you're married in a tiny little village where I grew up and all my family's that, from. That's that is extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. I have to go to the blue ball one day very soon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your time, Paul. Much appreciated. Lovely. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye. Cheers. Bye now. There we go. I love speaking with Paul. He's, he's up to so much stuff that I didn't even know about. Um, yeah, I'll leave some links in the description on YouTube uh, for you to go and check out about all the different things he was talking about. I want to say thank you to you, dear listener or viewer, um, to say thank you for tagging us on our Get Fishing social media channels. Basically, we've been running spring to fishing, obviously through spring, and we have never had so many people tagging us with your angling adventures. So it's at Get Into Fishing on Instagram, Get Fishing on Facebook. We've also got TikTok and YouTube. Keep tagging us because we try and share as much stuff in our stories or on our main profiles as we can. But we're just seeing so many like really positive outcomes uh, from our Spring Into Fishing campaign. But it doesn't stop there because we have hundreds of events happening all the way through summer. Now, if you want to find an event near you, um, head over to anglingtrust.net forward slash getfishing. Uh, I'll leave a link in the description on YouTube. Uh, you can put in your postcode and you can find events that are near you. You can also find other things like if you would like a qualified angling coach, you can put your uh, postcode in. You can actually find one near you. But our Get Fishing events, a lot of them are free. If not, they're very low cost. We're going to give you equipment. We're going to give you bait and instructor. So if you've never been fishing before, you've got no idea what you're doing, come to one of our Get Fishing events. They're just for you. You can come, you can be an adult, you can be a whole family, you can come bring your grandparents, whatever you like, come and get fishing with us at the Angling Trust. We'd love to see you. We've got another podcast coming out in the next couple of weeks, actually, and it's going to be with Claire Thomas, who uh, is um, a sports broadcaster. We met her at Fishermania last year. She was working for Sky Sports. She's been doing a lot of rugby 
um, television work uh, just recently. Uh, and she's going to be fresh back from Glastonbury and we're going to get her on the podcast and we're going to have a chat with her about her first angling experience. <laughs> 